Thanks for joining us here at, at um, what is it called? This is Chop for Time. Chop for Time. That's yeah. what this is. Yeah. We are here at FCC Grayson. At, at you FCC. are Thomas McClure, the That's... youth pastor here at First Church. Yes, of course. I almost forgot that. It's Monday morning. It's one of those days. And you've already been to Walmart today. Yeah, so. yeah that just throws you off, you know. <laughs> it was something. Um, but yeah, how are things going? Going well, going well. Yeah. Listen, it's uh, I'm uh, I'm I'm right in the midst of my pattern, my routine, uh, my schedule. So uh-huh. I am well. It's good. when things go outside of that that they become right, okay. yeah, a little haywire for me. Right, but yeah. I'm good, man. Yeah. Cool. Did you have a good weekend? I did. I did. Um, Saturday. I'm trying to think. What did I do Saturday? Uh, oh my! Uh, my daughter came in. We uh, uh, my great nephew celebrated his second birthday this weekend i'm trying to do the math how does that work so my sister's my wife's sister has Uh a daughter Uh she has who she is my niece niece okay she has a son okay yeah yeah. uh, is my great nephew so uh but we had a a very small family gathering to celebrate his second birthday and yeah. then uh, church yesterday yeah church yesterday I, well so the reason i said that was i mean i've noticed in the south that the the term cousin mm-hmm. can pretty much mean anything yeah. in in the context here like whenever kylie and i got married the amount of cousins i was introduced to who <laughs> might not even be blood relatives right. at all right yeah, <laughs> You're just and the, yeah because we don't uh, most of us we just don't understand this i don't have a clue what the once twice removed oh, is. I, just like yeah. okay it's a first cousin second cousin after that i get confused yeah. in the degrees sounds, of separation it sounds negative like why were they removed what what <laughs> yeah yeah what, what happened it's kind of like a church discipline yeah, thing yeah, yeah, like did yeah. they get disfellowshipped yeah. i mean what happened here yeah anyway sunday yeah sunday was good so yeah, yeah it was a great morning and you know kennedy and, and the band were great it was great to have a piano going again we haven't had a piano for a while yeah yeah and so that was that was really nice but uh we we dived into the next step over the past few weeks we've talked about like all these bible words you know like mm-hmm. repentance and justification and adoption and today was something new yes yeah we covered sanctification yeah. which you know and i didn't include this in my message yesterday but th- there is a difference between biblical words and mm-hmm. theological words. Right. Um, they, they are theological in their nature because yeah. they develop this belief system. You know, they serve as a foundation. But, you know, just because there are theological terms that mm-hmm. aren't biblical terms, yeah. uh, transubstantiation, you know, that, yeah. that type yeah. of stuff, uh, you, you don't find that in the Bible. Yeah. Uh, but justification, adoption, repentance, sanctification, yeah. those are all biblical terms. Yeah. So I endeavored to in 30-ish minutes. I think it wound up landing right at 33 minutes after right, okay. once yeah. I put the podcast out uh, to articulate a at least a foundational definition of what mm. biblical sanctification was. Yeah. So that's that's it's where a big we... big topic to try and cover oh, in oh, yeah. 30 it minutes. Was, uh, it was quite intimidating yeah. to, uh, to look at that and go, okay, how can we cover this, do mm. it do it justice, you know, do it rightly in the scope of the word of God. Yeah. And and I hope that was achieved, but yeah. you know, we we basically we started yesterday morning one of the things that's the most frustrating for new believers in mm-hmm. particular, and it can even be frustrated for people who have been following Christ for an extended period of time is this concept and this reality that we all seem to fall back mm-hmm. into habits into patterns, into tendencies 
that we continue to struggle with. Mm -hmm. And I wanted to kind of be able to put an illustration out there that there be an understanding that you're number one, you're not alone in that. And and number two, it's part of this sanctification process. Uh, And and I did, I uh, recognized the theological debate uh, between, which was interesting to be, I I actually hadn't heard of this theological debate before, which is, Mm -hmm. I mean, I I enjoy listening to theological debates Mm -hmm. and, you know, hearing the wacky things and the, the other things and everything in between. Right. But this is one I hadn't actually come across before. Yeah, is this debate on the, the debate, how sanctification works? Exactly, on e- exactly the time frame, I yeah. guess would be the better terminology of sanctification. Does it, some people believe that it happens instantaneously mm-hmm. and that you are, because sanctification means set apart. Yeah. At the, yeah. When you boil it all down, it means to be set apart. Yeah. They believe that it all happens instantaneously. So they right. believe that sanctification is an instantaneous work. Mm-hmm. of God. There's another camp that believes that it is a progressive work, mm-hmm. that it's an ongoing maturation, an ongoing transformation yeah. of us into a greater level and degree of Christ-likeness. Yeah. Uh, so I weighed in with my opinion of what yeah. uh, that the answer to that question was, is it instantaneous or is it progressive? Mm-hmm. Um, and my belief is that sanctification is instantaneously progressive. Yeah, both uh, camps. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and I I told him I was like, you know what um, what what did you expect out of me? It's an election year. Yeah, you know that's that's <laughs> called straddling a fence right there. Yeah. But I, I use the illustration. You know, for four and a half years, I occupied your office, yeah. which is just down the hallway mm-hmm. from mine. And my morning routine, again going back into my pattern and my routines, is you know I I go to the gym. Yep. First thing in the morning, I come here, get cleaned up, get ready for the day. I make myself a cup of coffee mm-hmm. down in our conference room, our break room. And then I come back to my office. Mm-hmm. Well, for four and a half years, that walk back to my office um, included turning left at the second office door and going into that office. Yeah. And once I switched offices, which now meant that I needed to come to the third door yeah. on the left after you know, I walked mm-hmm. out of the conference room for so long and on a multiple time daily basis, I would make a left into mm-hmm. that office, which is now yours. And I would get yeah. in there and be like, nope, this isn't mine anymore. Yeah. You know, yeah. and, and there's still this tendency every now and then that I'll almost like half step because yeah. I for so long made that turn into that office and yeah. uh, you know sometimes you're in there yeah. you know and I'll open the door and be like um and then I've got to act like I'm actually there <laughs> for a reason yeah. uh, that there's some type of stop that I've made there yeah. Uh, yeah. but yeah I mean and and that's yeah well, I kind of to keep an eye out for that yeah exactly yeah. when I'm uh <laughs> hey hmm uh yeah Thomas so well what what had happened was uh yeah but I, I kind of use that as an illustration that in times in our Christian walk uh, we will we'll go back into the wrong office. Yeah, uh, and that's not unusual. Yeah. It's you're not the only one who's mm. doing that. And I wanted to make sure that people were encouraged um, with God's grace mm. in yeah. in that. That yeah. I believe that there are, and we broke down the two types of sanctification that I was talking about. We yeah. we I talked about okay, if I'm going to say it's instantaneously progressive, then I need to show you biblically. Mm. what changes instantly yeah. and what changes progressively. And we covered scripture from 1 Thessalonians uh, chapter 4. We went to Ephesians chapter 5. We went to Galatians mm-hmm. chapter 5, all talking about this. Uh, really what you once were, 
mm-hmm. and now what you are yeah. and also what you're becoming. Yeah. So there's this ongoing present, you know, Paul writes in all three of these letters, the reality of the instantaneous change, mm-hmm. you know, it's like you were this, but you're no longer, yeah. but you're not there yet. You know, there's a progressive growth in this and, and with the, instantaneous changes you know we talked about one of the things that changes instantaneously is is your destination is your eternity and that goes back to our repentance yeah and the justification yeah you know you're you're not guilty anymore you 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 are now uh, in you're justified you've been found innocent yeah so your eternity has changed yeah and then we talked about our identity changes immediately we become sons or daughters of God. Yeah. That's the adoption that we talked about last week. Yeah. So that instantly changes. And then we talked about in Ephesians and Jonathan read to uh, start the service, Romans chapter 12, verses one and two. Mm-hmm. Um, I think one that bridges, which is an instantaneous change, but it's an ongoing change throughout our duration of time here on earth is this renewing of the mind. Yeah. Yeah. No, I thought it was it was really interesting to sort of dive into that and sort of, uh, you know, the analogy definitely gave us sort of encouragement that, you know, that uh, we're all in this boat. You know, we all fall back into our ways that we wish we didn't. I mean, mm-hmm. Paul says that, you know, mm-hmm. and I do what I yeah, don't Romans want to seven, do. Yeah. I don't do what I what I ought to do. And I mean, I mean, that's a verse that I think all of us can can uh, sort of find ourselves yeah. in, you know, yeah. Um but no, I think it's it, it's great to sort of recognize that um, becoming a Christian doesn't make you perfect. Yes. Do you know what I mean? Like yeah. it, it, you know, if there's not this instantaneous, you're now enlightened and you're now experiencing perfection. And, you know, it's a struggle. It's an ongoing mm-hmm. process. Yeah. We've um, encountered the perfect, but we've yeah. not become the, perf- yeah. the perfect. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. That was really good. Yeah. Thanks. Yeah. Yeah, you can use that if you'd like. I'll, I'll, yeah, I'm going to trademark it first. So. Okay, okay, TM. Sure. Does that, is that how that works? I think so. You just say TM at the yeah. end of a statement. Yeah. It's yours. Okay. Yeah. All right. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but yeah, we looked at that, and then we you know we spent some time there with the with the renewing of the mind, mm-hmm. and um, and and some of the battles that we fight in relation yep. to that, and you know one of the the key phrases that I use, which was not original to me, I borrowed this one off of Matt Chandler, mm-hmm. um, was grace-driven effort. Yeah. Because all the way up to this point, with uh, repentance, with justification, with adoption, those were all um, indicators of our positional holiness. Yeah. That we are seen by God as holy because of this position. Yeah. Of being forgiven being justified and now being adopted and being his child that's positional holiness yeah sanctification is a different story because it's it's that ongoing process it's that maturation so there's always a danger when when talking about this of it becoming a works-based yeah faith and a works-based kind of standard uh, but what I wanted everyone to understand is that, yeah, there are elements of that. We were created to do works for him. There yeah. are things he expects us to do. There is this element of obedience that we need to make sure that we are doing what he has commanded us to do. But it's not based on that. Yeah. Um, but those are required. So yeah. how do you how do you strike that balance? And, and I thought that that statement of 
grace-driven effort. Yeah. Uh, because it's yes, it's effort on our part, but it's only because we're able. Yeah. To make that effort because of His grace. Yeah. So this is still all about Him. Even yeah. though there's an action, even though there's an outplaying of this in our lives, this is still all about Him. Yeah. That, and I'm glad we addressed that as well, because I think there's a real easy tendency to fall into works-based salvation. Oh, yeah. Do you know? Yeah. Um, assuming that, you know, I have to do this, I have to do that, I, I can't do this, and I can't do that, and and that's where my salvation comes from, you know? And and I always fall, fell into that as well, because I remember when I was reading Romans 8, I just brought it up here, um, you know, there was that bit that's... Uh, pretty much right at the start uh, it goes into um i'll just read through all of it uh, so romans 8 1 starts you know there, therefore there's no condemnation for those in christ jesus and um, because through christ jesus the law of uh, of the spirit who gives life has set you free um and it goes on and talks about uh, how um you know living according to the flesh versus living according to the spirit it says those living according to the flesh have their minds set on what the flesh desires but those who live in accordance with the Spirit have their minds set on what the Spirit desires. Uh, the mind governed by the flesh is death, um, but the mind governed by the Spirit is life and peace. Um, and I remember I read through that and I was like, oh, gosh, my mind is so often focused on the flesh. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? And I was, it made me continue to think, hang on, am I not doing this right? Am I not living the way I'm supposed to be living? Which you know, it's true, but it just, you know, the next couple of verses and I'd always stop there cause I'd get depressed. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm just done. <laughs> but, I quit. But yeah, but then it immediately goes on, uh, in verse nine and it says, however, uh, you are not in the realm of the flesh, but you are in the realm of the spirit. If indeed the spirit of God lives in you, you know? And I was like, it was more positional, uh, than, than action based. Yes. You know? And I think, you know, we always stop at that point. It's like, oh, well, if you're living according to the flesh, you don't have Jesus in you. Mm-hmm. And if you live according to the spirit, then you do. And it's like, who can say that they live their lives according to the spirit all the time? Jesus. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's the answer exactly. to everything, man. Jesus. Um, so, you know, I mean, it's so easy to get depressed and down yeah. about, you know, our actions. If we remove the part of our, where our position is, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. Um, but yeah, because if it was workspace, we're all screwed. Yeah, yeah, and that's you know, I mean, that's what um, the whole Old Testament, yeah, was Proved. about. Was just yeah. it was proving over and yeah. over again that our best efforts were not good yeah. enough, uh, and yeah. that you know that's just we're going to fall short. Yeah. Period. Um, so we we looked at that. Then we started um, taking a look into what are some of the um, you know progressive mm. changes. What are some of the things that began to happen then. And we, we looked at this renewing of the mind and mm-hmm. how our outplaying of this, the love, joy, peace, yeah. you know, we looked at the fruit of the spirit yeah. in Galatian. We, we, we really spent a lot of time having an internal check as to, okay, here's this list, you know, Thessalonians, um, Galatians and Ephesians all talk about this. This was who you were. Yeah, and you know Ephesians, I believe, does the best in articulating in one statement kind of the conduit for the change because we did Ephesians five, I think it was seventeen through twenty four, mm-hmm. um, and then you know verse twenty two says, "In these things, this is who you were," right. uh, and then in verse twenty three, there's this conduit statement, this transitional statement yeah. into verse twenty four, and twenty four says, "This is who you've become: His holiness, His righteousness." Yeah. But that that conduit, that transitional verse says but you've been renewed 
um, by the spirit of your mind. Uh, so, and that's what Romans 12 is talking about is the, this concept of being transformed by the renewing of your mind. And there's, there's power in this, in this godly thinking and allowing this. And I, I mentioned, you know, Paul talking about taking every thought captive. Mm. Uh, it's just so interesting and so important the way that we think, yeah. uh, and the way that we believe, and the way that we're led yeah. in, in this process yeah. of sanctification. Yeah. Um, one thing that I would be interested to hear is your personal experience of sanctification. Because yeah. that's, that's something that I always find interesting just in anybody's story. Because I know that um, how people often talk about san- sanctification isn't exactly the way that I've experienced it. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, sure, detail-wise, it, it, it's, it, or how it might work makes sense. But... Um, I've often found, and I don't know if you find the same thing, but the more that got it, I mean, I'm only 25, so I mean, I've got a long way to go before, you know. You get to my age is basically what you're saying. (laughs) You know, like, there's a lot more time for God to keep sanctifying me and making me more like him. Hopefully. 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 But the more that he has been taking me down the road of sanctification, it's it's hard. Oh, yeah. Like, the more, the closer I've got with God, the more my sin is convicted. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Well, and sanctification is the process of playing out of the new identity. Yeah. Yeah. Because we've been adopted. We covered Uh that last week. We have a new identity. Yeah. Now the sanctification process is getting out all of the junk of the old identity and bringing in to where it's visible. It's that refining fire type thing. Uh, So yeah, it's difficult. It's going to be painful. It's going to hurt because things that dysfunctions in our lives that we've had maybe all of our lives, dysfunction in our lives that we maybe have made friends with and become very comfortable with, God's going to look at at some point. If he has not already, it will happen. He's going to look at it and go, I don't like that. That doesn't look like me. Yeah. And I think that's the most difficult thing. And whenever yeah. we hear that going, God going, that doesn't look like me. Yeah. <laughs> mm, yeah. I, but I like that. Yeah. You know, I'm not for sure who I am without that. Yeah. It's painful. Yeah. It's painful. Yeah. Because Christy and I were talking about this last night after youth. We were just, we were talking through what we're going to be focusing on on an extra treat. But um, she brought up that, you know, she tries to pray daily and, um, you know, for God to reveal her the sin in her life that, she, you know, mm-hmm. that she needs to focus on. And, you know, I've done that as well multiple times, but it's, that's a prayer that I know God answers. And sometimes I, do you know what I mean? Like I have to brace myself going into that oh, prayer because yeah. I know that he's going to yeah. bring up stuff. I, uh, I pray that as well. I learned many years ago that I try to be very specific with that yeah. prayer. And I ask God, I'm like, one at a time, yeah. please, yeah. one at a time. Um, you know? Because it, it can get very overwhelming yeah, very absolutely. quickly. Um, and I think that's something that like, yeah, that's, that's, it's an aspect of sanctification that, is super important and really rewarding down the line. Do you know what I mean? Because mm-hmm. once, especially once we see, oh, the, you know, once we get past those points of those habitual sins or those things that we're so trapped in that he helps us out of, um, it's such a hard process. Yeah. Um, but so worth it at the yeah. same time, you know. But uh, well, and then you know, really the practical application portion of yeah. my message Sunday morning was uh, um, 
someone described it as exhausted, exhausting, exhausting. to yeah. them. Um, yeah. So uh, you 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 would like to have it said exhaustive. That means I covered everything, but no, it was exhausting. <laughs> um, but I basically just challenged everyone to say, take inventory of your life. Mm-hmm. Look at all the areas of your life: your family, your job, your friends, your church yeah. family, uh, your hobbies, all of that. Yeah. And ask the question: it, Are all these areas yeah. in my life Christ-centered? Mm. And if you can answer yes to an area of your life being Christ-centered, then good on you, man. You know, just keep keep yeah. going for it. Go yeah. go greater depths. Yeah. Uh, but if the answer is no, then you have to take inventory, mm. and you have to ask a couple other questions to say: Number one, can it become Christ-centered? Mm. Um, and I challenged everybody kind of on relationships at this point. You know, mm-hmm. it, are your relationships Christ-centered? If so, then great. Do it. Yeah. Go for it. Uh, grow even closer to God through your relationship. Yeah. But if it's not, you have to ask the question, can it become that way? Yeah. Uh, and if the answer to that is yes, then do what needs to be done. Yeah. Don't don't develop a five-year plan that in five yeah. years it's going to be Christ-centered. Do what needs to be done now because Jesus Christ is the most important thing in our life, yeah. period. Yeah. Um, but then if the answer to that is no, if areas in your life that are not Christ-centered now, if they cannot become Christ-centered, yeah. get rid of it, mm. no matter what it is. Yeah. A relationship, a job, uh, a hobby, get rid of it yeah. and now uh, this becomes a little bit more sticky and complicated if we're talking about a marriage here you know or yeah. anything. so yeah. so i'm not saying that but yeah. but i'm just saying that and and i made the statement yesterday that if it's not aiding or strengthening your relationship with god if it's not helping your relationship then it's hurting yeah and we talked a little bit about the gray areas of well if it's not a sin is it really yeah is it really wrong um if it's not working for your relationship with God, then it's working against it. Um, And and I made a statement at some point. I said, I wish I could give you a sugar-coated third option, but there's not. It's Mm -hmm. either it can become Christ-centered and you need to do whatever you need to do to get it there, or it can't be and you need to get rid of it. It needs to be eliminated. Mm. Yeah. And that you know, I mean, that's just you know, the, yeah. That and I can see now that's exhausting. Yeah, yeah. No, it's but it's it's true. I mean, I think everybody knows that. Mm-hmm. You know, when they when they you know when people hear that, they're probably like, oh yeah, like that makes a lot of sense. That's mm-hmm. obvious. But it's the practical outplaying. Of yeah, that. that playing out is yeah, tough. and especially in those nitty gritty areas like you were talking about. You know, not we're not. Would never advocate for divorce in any setting. Right. You know, that's right. Not yeah, it's not just like, hey, go get the papers tomorrow. Yeah, it's yeah, like, yeah. Let's, but, let's work think, towards this. Yeah, you know, let's yeah. figure this thing out. Exactly. And that, I, think, I think that's always like the optimal outcome of anything is is that, you know, things in our lives that could be used for Jesus that aren't being used for Jesus. Yeah. He wants to redeem them. Exactly. Um, and I think that'd be, that'd be cool in the small groups is even to tackle those things of mm-hmm. like where what in our lives can we redeem for Christ? Yep. You know, I think we all have areas in, in some area. I mean, I've even been thinking about that for myself and that like, this may sound silly, but you know, even playing video games in my spare time. Um, you know, I, this again, I know it's adults listening to this, but you know, I have a Minecraft server with my friends, mm-hmm. right? So I was thinking, well, what can we do with that? Well, we can actually, I could actually like reset the whole thing, bring all of the high school guys into it. And, have a community with them where we can continue to talk outside of the church, mm-hmm. outside of the, the settings and continue to try to bring good conversations into that setting. You know, little things like yeah. that where 
I can use Minecraft for ministry. <laughs> in, a, in a sense, granted, that's kind of a weird abstract thing. But, um, you know, you know, Kat and I don't have a whole lot, but we got little things like that that we can mm-hmm. use. Yeah. Um, and well, that's, sorry, go ahead. That, no, I was just, you know, one, some years ago, I uh, was having this conversation with a younger couple uh-huh. uh, and they were, uh, they enjoyed going to the club. Mm-hmm. You know, that's something they enjoyed and they didn't see any reason that they needed to change that. Yeah. Uh, and as a matter of fact, they were trying to justify it biblically. Yeah. Yeah. And they were saying, listen, Jesus went and hang out with sinners, you know, and I was like, yeah. okay, let's talk about that for yeah. a minute. I was like, now, if you can tell me that you are um, healing people, you're setting people free, you're yeah. bringing redemption into their life, you're seeing eye, you know, blind yeah. eyes open, deaf ears open, and you're yeah. seeing people one to the Lord, then yeah, you can continue to go to the clubs. But if you're sitting there sipping a martini, dressing provocatively and dancing provocatively, then yeah. you have no business being there as a believer. Yeah. You know, yeah. So, I mean, let's let's define what we're trying to justify here. Yeah. yeah, Jesus did do that, but are you doing the works that Jesus did? Yeah, yeah. And I think a big one is also finance, like finances oh, yeah. as well. Like, yeah. You know, because, I mean, you can't really just say cut out all your finances mm-hmm. because yeah. you have bills to pay. Yeah, you but, have to. But, oh. I mean, I've, I've encountered people who I was, I remember one guy I had coffee with and money came up and we were talking about things and, you know, the importance of being generous with our money and giving any that we any that we can to anybody who needs um you know the look sick stuff give to anybody who yeah. asks you know uh, hard passages like that and he was saying well you know is it wise or is it right to do that even if i have student debt that i could be putting that money towards and i was kind of like but do you mm-hmm. i mean like student debt comes out automatically yeah you know it just goes you you yeah. know you you have those bills and you're not going to be Nobody puts extra into this. Maybe some people do, but yeah. like, yeah. I was like, you need to look at it practically. It's like, you can say, oh, I'm saving this because I have debt elsewhere. But if you're spending it on other things. Yeah. That, well, and <laughs> do, I, do you know I mean? it goes deeper than that uh-huh. because it goes to a giving God first fruits as opposed to giving God what's left. left. Yeah. And absolutely. that's, you know, that goes back to the beginning of Genesis with yeah. Cain and Abel. Yeah. You know, one sacrifice was accepted. Yeah. Because it was the first fruits. It was the best. One, yeah, yeah, it was the best. One was not because it was just what was left over. Yeah. So God, beyond him yeah. um, in his command that we be obedient in giving, yeah. God doesn't want us giving out of the what's left over. Mm. He wants us being true to him. Again, if it's Christ-centered, yeah. then he becomes the center of everything, the focus yeah. of everything. Yeah. And make no mistake, that is what he asks for. Yeah. In, in all areas of our yeah. lives. So we justify things. And, and I'm guilty of it. I was like, oh, well, yeah. I could be, you know, my daughter's in college. I could be putting this amount. If it comes down to that, what if you've already moved past yeah. the first fruits yeah. portion of it? And now yeah. you're giving begrudgingly. Yeah. Yeah. That's something I know. It's a hard it, thing. Yeah. Man. I mean, I think it's somewhere in Corinthians. I don't know exactly where, but you know, when Paul talks about how uh, God loves a cheerful giver. I mm-hmm. could be completely wrong as to where that is, you know, but um, I know it definitely says that like God loves a cheerful giver. I think that's an important part, but um, anyway, uh, yeah. <laughs> you know, I, I think it's, that's a great challenge of mm-hmm. just looking at aspects of your life. And Kyle and I were talking about this as well, just taking inventory of what we have, what we do, what we use day to day and how we act day to day and what, how can we, use those things for christ and if we can't cut them out yeah and that's it's hard yeah you know and yeah. because um, you don't realize how many sacred cows you have oh 
in your yeah, life. Yeah, so many, yeah. so many, yeah. for sure. Um, and I think that was a good way to like, because that was pretty much your end. Yeah. The end yeah. of your sermon was sort of leaving that challenge. Mm-hmm. Um, I always like it when sermons end with the challenge as well, because you can't walk away forgetting it, <laughs> because right. it's the last yeah. word. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And I think it'll be interesting to see, you know, what people come back with, mm-hmm. you know, from that. Yeah. Um, but condensing it all into 30 minutes, what was what was chopped? Um, yeah, there was there was a lot. Yeah. Uh, but two things, two paths that I could have gone down that come immediately to mind is when we're talking about the you know the walking into the wrong office, uh-huh. and just kind of returning back to what we were, what we know, what we yeah. do. Uh, I thought of King Saul, mm-hmm. and I, um, I I wish I'd have had time to kind of unpack that because King Saul was the first king of Israel, the king that mm-hmm. the people had cried out for, The you know, and God said, okay, if you want a king, here's your guy. Yeah. And they anointed him as king. They had this big celebration to coronate him. And then the next day it said that they couldn't find him. Yeah. <laughs> he went missing, and they found him in the fields of his family. Yeah. He went back to doing exactly what he had always known to do. Yeah. He didn't have a clue what being a king was. Okay, yeah. great, I'm a king. What's yeah. that mean? Okay, okay nothing, nobody. I guess I'll just go and do what I've always known to do. Yeah. So, you know, that we see that example. And then we see the exact same thing in the disciples. Yeah, with the fishermen. Yeah. 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 It's like Jesus, you know, they, they thought he was dead, thought he was gone. Yeah. What do we do now? I, we were fishermen. Let's go fishing. Yeah. And, yeah. and then they encountered, you know, yeah. uh, you know him on the, you know, because Jesus had disappeared. It's like, yeah. okay, well, um, okay, I'm not sure what we do now. Yeah. So there, that's human tendency. And that's yeah. what we have to fight against. So, I would have really liked to have kind of mm. detailed that for a little bit more encouragement, yeah. uh, but that I, I really wasn't allotted that uh, yeah. time frame. And then also going back to uh, the Ephesians concept of renewing mm. the mind in Romans twelve. Uh, you know, I mentioned the Paul taking every thought captive. Um, I, I would have liked to have posed the question: So, what do we do with those thoughts when we take them captive? Mm. Yeah, that's a good question. If we have a jail cell, this metaphorical jail cell in our minds that we keep thoughts captive, Mm -hmm. eventually, probably pretty quickly, that's going to fill up. Yeah. And we're going to have no place to put it. Yeah. Yeah. So what do we do with those thoughts? That that's a huge part in how we renew our mind is that we not only take captive those thoughts, but then we subject them. Mm. to the mind of Christ, which, you know, know ye not that you have the mind of Christ. Yeah. Um, so that that was one of those trails that I would have drifted down to is, yeah, yeah it's great to take the thoughts captive. That's yeah. the first step. What do you do with them after that? Yeah. So let's, do we have time to dive into that? A yeah, little let's dive in. Yeah, because that's interesting. It. You know, that's something I hadn't really thought of, of like, yeah, it'll get full mm-hmm. pretty quick. Mm-hmm. Um, so how, what does that look like then to... Uh, subject those to the mind of Christ? I think that, number one, you have to ask God, um, you know, part of taking it captive is asking God, is this thought from you? Mm. Uh, Some of them we know very quickly. Uh, Lustful desires, anger, pride, envy, those types of things. We know, you know, pretty quickly that those aren't. But, and and even those can become clogged in here. But we have to identify if it's a thought of Christ or not. Yeah. Uh, so we ask his Holy Spirit who leads us into all truth. Yeah. Uh, we, we, we ask him, is this a thought yeah. that I need to be having? No. Okay. Well, if not, then I'm not definitely not going to act on it. Yeah. Uh, I'm not, I'm not going to give it any more, you know, yeah. audience in my, yeah. in the theater of my mind. So I'm going to take it captive. 
So what do I do with it now? That's where we need to, that's that battle between the flesh and the spirit. Yeah. What, what what am I going to depend on at that yeah. point? Far too often, you know, we talked yesterday about sweeping things under the rug or, rug or I, you know, I told the story about me cleaning up my room and pushing the toys underneath yeah. the bed. Uh-huh. Uh, at some point, if we do that, if we take that type of approach, it's going to begin to spill out. Yeah. And what spilling out looks like is actually us giving um, action. Yeah. To those yeah. thoughts, um, to that, um, to that sight that I don't need to be looking at, yeah. to that lust that I don't need to be giving into, to that yeah. conversation that I don't need to be having, to that um, that greed that I don't need to be. Yeah. Um, this, you know, so we really have to lean on the Holy Spirit to help us define what is of God and mm-hmm. what is not of God. And then it's a dependency. It's like, okay, I need to get rid of this. Yeah. Um, but yeah. then even if we do that once, the frustration becomes, well, I thought I had this beat. Here I am facing this yeah. again. Yeah. Um, so it's, it's a daily. Yeah. You, you crucify. You, know, you, you take thing. up your cross yeah. and crucify the flesh daily. Yeah. Um, I like that there's an there's a action that goes along with that. Because, I mean, the amount of times that I've had those thoughts of, okay, I'm having this thought. I know that it's not of God. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to throw it out. Mm-hmm. But then I rummage around in the trash can and bring it back. Oh, yeah. Do you know what I mean? Or like even little things with like, I remember I used, when I was younger, I had like, you know, this little iPod touch thing. And that was a detriment to my, Mm -hmm. you know, my faith. Uh, It was not used for God. So, you know, I was challenged by uh, a a leader of mine to get rid of it, destroy it, throw it out. And I did, Mm -hmm. but I got it back again. Do you know what I mean? And and I think we always easily find, you know, fall into that because you do think one and done. I've thrown it away. Mm-hmm. All good. Never have to bother with it again. Yeah. And then it comes back five minutes later. And you're yeah. like, what? <laughs> and, and what you learned was it's, that was just a fruit of the problem. Yeah, yeah, it wasn't the root, root of it. Yeah. Uh, and that's you know that that's why those gray areas are so yeah. dangerous. You know, nowhere in scripture you're going to find thou shalt not have technology. Yeah. You know, so so yeah. you're like, well, God does and we all listen. That's a huge one, technology oh, yeah. in all of our lives. Yeah. But it, it's it's that fact of it either strengthens your relationship with God yeah or it doesn't yeah and that's where again that grace driven effort yeah because we've proven over and over that we can't do it we can't mm-hmm. rid ourselves of those things in our own power yeah so it becomes a complete and total dependency on God and his Holy Spirit that dwells in us yeah. to either redeem what needs to be redeemed in our life yeah. or to get rid of yeah. what needs to be get gotten getting rid of you know get, gotten rid of in yeah. our lives yeah no that's that's good no for sure interesting challenging stuff yeah yeah it um, is yeah so what are we diving into next week next week we are we're moving from we've spent four weeks now in the result you know mm-hmm. basically the result of repentance yeah um, which has all been positional holiness leading us up to this sanctification yeah now we're going to start talking about the practical Right. Of what these things practically look like in our lives. And I've already had so many texts, so many phone calls, so many messages. Uh, the the illustration of walking into the wrong office really uh-huh. resounded with a lot of people. Yeah. And they, so many people are saying, I have so many wrong offices in my life yeah. that I yeah. keep walking into. Yeah. And it's, um, God's word just leads us where it need, where we need to be taken. Yeah. It's just a beautiful thing to sit back and watch because next week, we're going to be talking about guilt and shame mm. because that question that I posed, that challenge at the end is very quickly leading people into this area of realizing, man, I am messed up. 
Yeah. And I have no hope in myself, and I'm figuring that out because I've tried. Yeah. Um, I'm horrible. I'm terrible. And if we're not careful and we don't keep our focus on Jesus and, and our dependence on his Holy Spirit, then we'll be led into shame. Yeah. And that's what we're going to be talking about is God's response to our shame that our sin leads us into. Yeah. No, that sounds good. I'm excited about yeah. that. I mean, and just to see this progression, just picking up speed yeah. and me going, okay, you know, I've, I've taken, you know, I went in studying for this, I, you know, I've taken different sources. I've looked at different people's studies. I've looked yeah. at scriptures. I've looked at commentaries. I've looked at all of these things and, and tried to line this up the way that I felt like it needed to. It, it's beautiful to see it falling into yeah. place. I wish yeah. I could say that I knew this going into it, that yeah. man, this was going to, I, I had no clue. No, that's really cool. We're all excited for that. But yeah, well, thank everybody for uh, tuning in for Chop for Time, and we'll hopefully catch you again next week. Chop for Time, that's what it is. You're Thomas. I'm Ben. Remember, it's Monday. You're having a struggle. (laughs) I am. It's one of those days. (laughs) We'll see you guys next week. Bye.